let's record because we're gonna do an episode and I'm bugging Nick. <laughs> it's recording. I do. No. I'm just gonna drink more, okay? Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. Um, welcome to, to the Goop Pod. I know it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, approximately. Two months? I don't really know. I think it's been like two months. I, d- I don't actually know. That's how little effort I put into this uh, podcast. That's not... A fr- I know for you, that's probably kind of what it is. I just got so insanely busy. Well, we were busy with our respective professional schedules. Yeah. Um, we were both doing important things. Correct. Um, uh, you in the world of theater and... Um, theater? Well, theater and, and my event job. Oh, that's your event job. And then yeah. me in the business world. Yep. So we, we kind of took a, an unofficial hiatus. It wasn't intentional. It was like, yeah. let's record next week. Let's record next week. It just never happened. It just never, it never happened. Not that we didn't <laughs> want to. It's just that we're so busy. I've kind of been living at work. Like, I'm, I'm basically home to sleep anymore, which is not my favorite thing. But it's it's starting to calm down a little bit, which will be nice. Yeah. And I just kind of hate my job right now. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, no, I don't hate my job. I love, I love, I love my job. I love <laughs> As he speaks louder into the microphone. I, now, everyone at home just check their phone I, too. I, I, I'm muting the things right now. All the things that I have, I'm muting them. Um, so yeah, uh, should we do the introduction? Yeah. So, um, okay. the introduction is different though, that because of the thing that we're going to talk about in a moment, but yeah. Um, yeah. So what's this podcast about? Uh, this podcast is about Goop, the uh, modern lifestyle. It started as an online lifestyle newsletter, and now it became a modern lifestyle brand created by the increasingly self-aware yet ever-on-brand Gwyneth Paltrow. This is true. Um, and this is a podcast that is for our amusement only. We're not endorsed, paid, or sanctioned by the Goop mothership. Um, <laughs> please make here our, our, our own. No one else's. No one else's. They're ours. Um, we don't don't actually provide advice. We don't provide, uh, useful information. No. We just attack things. Yes. We're just angry. We're basically like the equivalent of the troll personified for you at home. Um, and very much we are the bane in, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's, um, side. We are the thing that's preventing her from really, truly going big. Yes. (laughs) The, the humanistic fruit infuser that is Gwyneth Paltrow. True. I came up with that one on the fly, and I'm a little impressed with it. It's not very good. Did but you it's like okay. the one I came up with? Yeah, uh, I did. I did. The increasingly self-aware yet ever on brand, which is true. We'll talk about why that's relevant in a moment. Yeah. But anyway, um, so what are we drinking? We've been drinking a lot. <laughs> okay, so we we are in a very fall mood today, aren't we, Nicholas? Um, the only thing that could make this more fall is pumpkin spice. But this is kind of punk- what we're drinking right now is pumpkin. It's it, that, that's the equivalent of it. Really? Yeah, well, because it's apples with pumpkin spice in it. Oh, I didn't get the pumpkin notes. Oh, well, because it is pumpkin spice. That's the other thing you have to understand about pumpkin spice. Is pumpkin spice is the spices that you would put in pumpkin pie, but it is not, in fact, pumpkin. So this is why oh. when people are like, this is a pumpkin spice latte, like you would assume that there is pumpkin involved in that. Not always, though. Because I've been trained by Starbucks to think that it should taste like pumpkin pie. Yes, Okay. This is correct. Um, but the but, first so thing... So it's pumpkin yeah. spice, but that does not have pumpkin in it. That's correct. Um, okay. So the first thing that we had tonight, though, that's not what, what we... What is pumpkin spice? What's in it? Um, so basically, if you were making a pumpkin pie, the things that you would put in there are um, ginger, cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, and then vanilla. Which is close to what you'd use for apple <laughs> pie. Correct. So what's the difference? 
the fact that we've used apple in this drink and not pumpkin. Oh, okay. So it's an <laughs> apple spice. That's true, yes. But, I mean, pumpkin spice and apple spice are, like, if you were to buy something that was, like, a Trader Joe's where it was, like, a package of a thing where it was, like, this is pumpkin spice, it would be all of those things. And okay. with the exception of probably vanilla because you're going to use that in the liquid extract form and not in some powdered version of vanilla. Okay. Because that'd be gross and weird. That would be gross and weird. Yeah. Because we use all-natural 100% double-strength vanilla <laughs> in this household from Penzi's Spices. Correct. And that, that is exactly what we put in there. I was very happy when you brought the spices out and they were basically all Penzi Spices. Yeah. Um, the only thing happy. that isn't is cloves because I'm trying to use it up before I can go back and buy. Penzi's is not a sponsor because we have no sponsors. It, actually, for today, we're going to say it is. Uh, today, we, today's can, episode is brought to you. Can we actually uh, you say that? I mean, they're not paying us, so it doesn't, it's just free advertising. The presenting right. sponsor of the Goop Pod is <laughs> Liz and Nick is Penzi Spices. Hey, Nick, have you ever looked in your cabinet and decided that your food needed a little extra flavor fresh? Absolutely. And what I need, what I do, and when I need a... Uh, some flavor fresh is uh, I go to Penzi Spices. Really? Where would one go to find Penzi Spices? There is one on Blue Mound Road by the Pier 1. Well, gee whiz, Nick, <laughs> what sort of spices do they have? The spices I tend to like are the ones that are like the cinnamon. They have all different types of cinnamon and I, that I think are wonderful and amazing. The vanilla extract is fantastic. Are they all organic? I can't commit to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I think that was pretty good for not actually having a script. <laughs> Penzies, if you're listening, uh, be our sponsor. Mail at thegooppod.com. Trying to sell out. <laughs> trying to hashtag trying to sell out. I honestly, um, is it selling out or is it selling up? <laughs> <laughs> it is selling up. It's you're selling correct. Up. Um, if somebody, came, if Gwyneth came and was just like, "Listen, I need the URL. We'll give, <laughs> we'll give you fifty thousand dollars." Like, like, I just said, "Where do I sign?" Deal. Where do I sign? And it's not because, that. It's not that important to me. And uh, I own the rights to. I know you do. I would make no money. You <laughs> could leave me so fast. Um, so what we're currently drinking, what I think, we, is <clears throat> well. What were we drinking about forty-five minutes ago? Okay, so forty-five minutes ago, we were drinking um, basically an apple cider martini, which I, I don't think you know that's what we're calling it, but we kind of made it up. Um, it was apple cider, a little bit of ginger beer, and um, a lot of vodka. A lot of vodka. And what was the special ingredient? Love. Salt. Oh, salt. Sorry. Yes, you're right. I put it in there. So. When, we were, when we were making the martinis and we suggested a martini, I'm like, I'm like, uh, how are we, how am I going to convince Liz that we need like some olive juice in here? Because I like the salt a lot. I like the extra dirty in the martini. Yeah. And uh, Liz made it. Uh, she figured it out. She, I put she a, knew yeah. that I needed some salt in my life. So I put a little salt in there too. And then we finished those. Does real that quick. Mean, does that actually what extra dirty means is the is this uh, olive brine? Yeah. Good, thank you. Yeah, that's I've what always, that means. I have always assumed <clears throat> that. And now that this is being recorded and people are probably going to attack me. I mean, if we're wrong, tell us. But I, I, I'm pretty sure that's you what it is. You could tweet us. Uh, that's what time. I did when I used to bartend. So, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> if that was wrong, sorry. Where did you bartend? Uh, I used to bartend at, uh, we'll have, we might have to, I don't think we'll have to believe this. I used to bartend at um, Alchemist when I was interning there. And I also used to, Al- Alchemist Theater. And I also used to bartend at the downtown Ramada Plaza of Fond du Lac. When I was 17. <laughs> your, ten- your tenure at Alchemist 
was not my favorite Liz Scheip era. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to say, uh, like, look, Alchemist was incredibly generous to me early in my career. So um, they they really let me kind of have run of the place for a little bit. And so today's episode is also brought to you by the Alchemist Theater down in Bayview. And actually, they do, they're really, really great with young artists and stuff. So it is definitely worth, like, running down there to check something out. Um, I mean, you might not always like the, the content, but they're always supporting younger artists and um i i generally always like what it is but i don't like to put the stamp on it of like you'll love everything i'm not attacking alchemist i'm just saying you did, some, you did something on becoming of a woman on stage there oh a lot yeah i mean that was the other thing is i did play a hooker a lot within the walls of the alchemist. that wasn't the worst um, but, <laughs> oh man, I'm having an allergic reaction to something. So anyway, we did these um, apple cider martini things that were pretty good. Yeah, um, I liked them a lot. Then Liz made a um, spiced apple cider um, whiskey thing. It's with bourbon. Bourbon, excuse me. That's okay. Um, it's with Maker's Mark. Um, so it's a lot of bourbon. It's extremely boozy. Yeah, it's a lot of bourbon, apple cider, a little bit of ginger beer again. So it was basically kind of the same base, just with a different liquor. And I then might this has be hungover tomorrow for work. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I'm fine with it. it. Doesn't affect me. Um, but this has, uh, besides those three ingredients, it has um, sliced apples that were um, heated on the stove with everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, vanilla extract, probably about two teaspoons. Uh, Don't so need a lot. Don't need a lot. This no. Pensy Slice is so good and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so high quality. It's so high quality that you don't need a lot. But anyway, go on. Yeah. Um, and then it's got the. Um, the uh, cinnamon and the nutmeg and the cloves as well. So good. Yeah, it's really tasty. I love it. Um, if you look at our, our Twitter page, you'll see some pictures of it. So, Oh, sorry. There are also There is also a tablespoon of butter melted in there. <laughs> I knew that it looked a little oily on the top. Yeah. I was like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, yeah, this is great. Yep. There's a, there's some fat content to it. Oh, and there's a little salt in there too. Sorry. So good. Yeah. This is so good. All the way around. Just good stuff. I'm glad you like it. Um, so if you want to make it at home, let's start it from the top one more time so that, because Nick might have to cut it because it was like sneezing too much. Um, if you want to make it at home, here's what you need. You need about a cup of fresh pressed apple cider. You need about four shots of uh, Maker's Mark bourbon, uh, some sliced apples. Um, Preferably Honeycrisp. Honeycrisp and about a half a cup of those. Start to boil that on the stage, once stage, stove, uh, and then once that starts to come to a boil, add in your two teaspoons of vanilla, and then about a teaspoon of uh, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and then um, about a third, not even a third of a cup, probably a fourth of a cup of ginger beer. Yeah. Oh, there's ginger beer in here, too. Yep. It's just like all the things. We're just using up all the things that yeah. we can get rid of today. I'm having nose issues. Continue. Okay. So let's get right into it here today. Um, we're going to introduce a new segment. I don't, okay. I don't have a good title yet, but it's going to be um, Goop's Pivots to be More Accessible. Okay. Okay. So first of all, Liz, do you know what a pivot is? Yes, I know what a pivot is. Explain it. it. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a political term, um, and basically, or I, th- I think it could be used in any sort of conversation. Effectively, it means just sort of dodging the point. Like if somebody asks you a very direct question, you take the essence of the question and then move it off of that topic very quickly. Correct, correct. So Liz, uh, so Goop seems to be doing this thing lately, little by little, where they tend to like, and maybe pivot's the wrong word, but like they're pivoting to more of a accessible. I would almost say it's kind of a weird rebranding. Like, a, a slight rebranding of the company. But 
But uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, so they're going to need you this slowly over time. And yes. they've done this in a couple different ways. We're going to talk about a couple of them today. Okay. But, um, yeah, they seem to be, like, trying to be more accessible. And it's just, it's kind of weird, actually. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, let's go right into it. So, Goop had this this Facebook post, this is where I saw it, and it is actually on their website, where Goop, uh, and specifically Gwen, they go to Costco. Okay. Your big box um, yeah. membership store thing. So first question, number one. <clears throat> Do you think Goop Circa 2015 would be caught dead in a Costco? Absolutely not. I don't Why? think there's any way. I Because when it first started, it was so much about the elite. And I think that they're starting to realize that in the current political climate, and more specifically... With the clientele that is available, the 1% is not a big audience, and they probably have to cast a wider net if they want to stay alive. I think I've mentioned this before. It's like there's there's a marketing person who has a spreadsheet in Goop HQ, and they are like, like actually, guys, if we didn't cater to the 1% and just the top 10%, we'll increase sales by blah, 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 blah. Totally. And we'll make more money. <clears throat> and yes. Gwen said... How can I do that without compromising my bullshit beliefs? <laughs> and this person said, "You can't. You can. <laughs> you can't. But you can. But we can do this complicated marketing thing. Where over the next year, we put out slightly little things that make you seem like you're more accessible and down to earth, and we'll be good. And it all started with that crazy fucking video. Yeah, of her like t- taking the piss out of herself. A taking the bit. piss out of herself, and she's like, and like, and a couple things because she did that contest thing where she like basically made fun of all the crazy expensive things, and she like was poking fun at herself. And then she was on <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, where she's just like, I don't fucking know what we talk about. And she's basically just kind of playing this up that she's like, she's like, oh. like I'm a regular person just like you. My website's the one that's out of control. It's <laughs> not me. It's not me. I'm accessible. <laughs> that's how she talks. That's how she talks. Mind. So anyway, so they go to, they go to Costco and they, they talk about how fresh the fish is. And I've been to Costco and my sister ha- and her husband have a membership there. And I think it's good. And I think it's certainly fresh. And I go with you. I yeah, like it. It's good. You know, we usually go to the same <clears throat> Oh, spot, you're right. Sorry. Which is the, the ugly stepchild that oh, is Costco. Of, of membership big box stores. Okay. Um, because it's terrible because it's part of the Walmart conglomerate. But, oh, I see. Okay. But. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, but Costco's good. But they go, they go, and they're like, they're like talking about how fresh the fish is and whatnot. And I'm like, it's it's fresh, it's good. It's not like it's bad stuff. But at the same time, like, was this caught this morning? Because that's like what all like goop is about. They're about like all like the like if you didn't go to a lake and catch this yourself, it's awful. If you don't know the artisanal uh, fisherman who, <laughs> who did this before you, then like I don't know what. You're if you didn't walk into a stream and then with your bare hands lovingly caress the fish out of the stream into my pan. Like then it's so, and then have a nice like talk with them before you sear it. Exactly. I just think it's absolutely, it's it's so weird that they're they're going from like the crazy like four hundred dollar plate restaurant with like the fish that was realistically caught this morning to not just Costco but any store. Yeah, and they're just like, like, well, now it's fine. Now it's whatever fine. you want to do, it's cool. It's whatever. And they talk about other things on there about like rosé at a decent price and stuff like that. And I'm like, I have seen stuff on your site where it's like the bottle of wine was $125. Like, come on. Like, yeah. And it's... Ugh. 
But and then the other thing too that I thought was really great is they they talk about this harmless harvest coconut water. I've never fucking heard of it. Before. I've never heard of that either. But they they specifically call out that they have seen this for ten dollars of a bucks at a. Ten dollar, ten buck. Oh God! <laughs> you are drunk. Hold on, let me get another sip of this then. Okay, uh, so the, it's been ten dollars a bottle at a grocery store. At like a, they specifically say a Lux uh, grocery store. Okay, and it's ten dollars a flat at Costco, which is the whole fucking thing that we have a problem with Goop about, where they're like, it's like you don't have to spend that much money on this thing. Like, yeah, like, like what was that, Raffita? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Uh, what was it? Uh, raffia. Raffia. Like, yeah. raffia fucking things. And, like, other stupid gifts that it's like, no, we don't have to spend $400 on handkerchiefs for our father or for Father's Day. Like, we can, we can get... We can go to Costco and get, like, 10 for $6 or Exactly. Whatever. Like, it's just... It's, it's so on the nose for Goop that I feel like it's... It's like they they know. It's yeah, they, they know. They're aware. They're, they're aware. Yeah, they're becoming self aware. And I yeah. And I'm sorry. Here's my stance on coconut water. It's gross. I don't ever want to drink coconut water. It's good. I don't, I don't like, like it. it. I don't like it. I don't need it. I don't. If ten dollars a bottle is way too much for coconut water because it is bland, gross. Ugh. I like that. I like coconut. I like it in things. Like I like the coconut meat and I like coconut oil. I don't yes. like coconut meat. Really. Gritty. That's fair. It's but, the texture, not the taste. And everybody's the thing. But again, like coconut water feels like a scam to me. I'm just like, I it don't really like does. this. I don't like Any... it. I like coconut milk. <sighs> like in Indian food, coconut milk's great. Wonderful. Um, if you'll follow the link that I, I gave you, the other thing that I think we need to we need to point out is just how low effort this post was on Goop. Okay. Um, and I'm loading it now. And okay. I will, of course, place a, a link on our blog, thegooppod.com. Do it. And... Also tweet it, tweet it out. I will tweet it out as well. Like if we look at it, it is literally just a Pinterest board of like twelve or fifteen different photos. <gasps> You're oh wow! You're right. That's all it is. It's just, and then there's just a picture of Gwyneth Paltrow at Costco, and she, might I say that photo of her at Costco looks she looks so uncomfortable and upset. Like, she's like, "Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get the photo? Can we leave? Can I leave now? I don't want to be here." Please. It's just so weird. It's like, and then the, the captions on some of these things are really messed up, like super fresh seafood, beautiful rosé at a great place, a great price, ice bucket awaits, um, just one small corner, Costco's billion dollar wine business. It almost feels weirdly paid for or like, yeah, I don't know. It's just really, and then at the end, it's like Gwen's like, I think I've, the caption on Gwen's photo, I should say is, I think I found my spiritual home. And I'm like, are those, is that jewelry? Is, is that jewelry. picture? What is, what is that jewelry there? Are they like rings? They're rings and whatnot. Now, like, look, I am all, I am, uh, and we talked about this in a previous episode where it's like, if I'm going to buy jewelry, I don't Oh, there's spend- one other photo, by the way, of Gwen's, oh. uh, Gwen. Let she's in front of like the Costco vacation center. And she's like, think Costco first, vacation central. She's like, okay, I will. <gasps> no, you won't. If you went, uh, I want to make Gwyneth Paltrow go on an actual Costco vacation. Just insane. It's like insane. And I don't, I just don't get it. And I think it's what's also so incredulous and so crazy is like they have these reasonably priced like rings and stuff like that. And by reasonably priced, I mean like 
mid thousand, so like six ninety nine, things along those lines. So it's still expensive, but still yeah. like not outrageous for a ring. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day. And then their shop link at the below is just like I think anything over a hundred dollars for a ring is kind of excessive. It is. I really do. I because it, it, I just don't get it. Like as long as it doesn't turn your finger green, what does it matter? So the other thing crazy is that they just went through this thing about how affordable and wonderful Costco is. Okay. Generally it is. Uh, but then they have a shop link right underneath it for some <laughs> you're, you're right. There. And then how much is the average thing? We're gonna, uh, I'm not going to do the average, but I'm going to say like there's these Ruby Fan marquee earrings um, that are $3,658. Right. In, well, I mean, can you get them at Costco? Probably not. Yeah. Um, there is something, a Sabi ring by Soko Jewelry. I like that for my last name. That's $68. That's reasonable. Yeah, but it's ugly. It is ugly. Um, there's a loop bracelet with diamond links here, uh, by Ernice, um, $1,665. Oh. And these, like, Max earrings by Agamus for $340. So it's just still, like, really also, at the end of the day, out of touch. Yeah. Right? It's, like, the juxtaposition between those two things, like, like effective or uh, cost country cost-conscious um, shopping trip. $3,000 earrings. $3,600 earrings. Like, come on, really? really? That's probably, like, double what it costs to go on a Costco vacation. Probably. I Do some research real quick. Google how much a Costco vacation costs. Because I want to know what this uh, entails. I've never heard of doing a Costco vacation. Is it, like, a travel agency through Costco? Sort of. Like, What, what is it? Or do they just... Like, you buy, basically, vacation packages. And the thing is, is that, like... I don't know. Like, I'm going to go do Orlando in November, and, like, I got the whole shebang for, like, five bucks. Flight, yeah. hotel, like, all this other stuff. You are also staying with people, though, right? No, I'm not. Oh, I no, thought you were staying hotel. for... Okay, I thought you were staying with someone for a little bit, too. No, Never I'm mind. staying... Um, I'm, like, staying on a Disney property. Um, wow. Yeah, exactly. I'll be there for, like, a week. Well, wow. Really? Flight, round trip ticket and the round hotel? Round trip flight yeah. and my hotel. Do you have to share the room with someone else? No. <laughs> Is it like a weird sort of Uber pool where you show up? That would be terrible, by the way. And there's like a weird English family that you have to split the room with and they've just put duct tape down the center. They're like, you stay no. over there. No. That's insane. That's insane. Uh, okay. Yeah. I should have gone with. I told you. I, I couldn't this month, though. Not for. It's next month. It's so close, you know what I mean. I need you to look at the, um, uh, um, we're going to look at tickets after this. Okay. Well, but let's, let's keep. But anyway, the Costco vacation, so I'm just doing something to Orlando for approximately the dates that I'm going to see what it looks like. Um, and it's searching, it's searching still, it is searching, it's loading now. Um, oh, so let's have well, well, Nick's waiting on that. Let's have our viewers, viewers, let's have our listeners at home uh, come up with a couple of ideas of what we could call this new segment about the the goop pivot or like the um, I or like if it's a goop phoenix or whatever, where it's like rising from the ashes of it for of its formal herself. Okay. Hey, leave me alone. It's poetic. How dare you? How dare you? For similar nights um, that I'm going, yeah. Um, Anywhere from nine hundred to two thousand two hundred dollars, depending, of course, where you stay. So that ring, those earrings, are way more expensive than it costs to go on a vacation to the place that I'm going to at this time frame from next month. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Now, to be fair, like I booked my vacation like in. All yeah, this, but that's but, also ideally how you should do it. But anyway, so just the point is that again, once upon once again, Goop is full of shit. So anyway, so that's it. Low effort post. 
We'll post it. Judge for yourself. So should we explain why we have a new segment as well as why the... Yeah, so we had to, like, redo some of, like, the format because uh, Goop used to do, like, this make-go-get-do-be-by-c thing. Which actually ties us right into our next segment, which is... Goop Scoop. Goop Scoop. Goop Scoop. Goop Scoop. Goop Scoop. <laughs> okay, continue. Spoop Goop Scoop. <laughs> Okay, no, go ahead. Um, so they got rid of, like, the Go Get Do Big C segments on their website. They replaced them with more, I say, accessible uh, <laughs> labels, such as beauty, food, style, travelness, wellness, work. So I, I think that that is more accessible. It is more accessible. Yeah. Because, like, well, again, I love the marketing behind, like, just the one word, um, like, verb thing. Um, like, command verb. There was just so much overlap. I wonder if that's sort of been rectified by this new system, too. You'd think so. You'd hope so. No, it's like, it's actually, it's fine. (laughs) It's actually really kind of okay. So yeah, that means that like our podcast moving forward will be um, kind of different. So we're going to have some new... Yeah, we're going to do some new things. And because I made the outline this time, um, we're not going to do like all the things every time. um, Because from our our faithful listeners, um, they have told us that sometimes our podcast is too long. Which I disagree with, but then again, you're... You like too. a monster three-hour podcast. I do. I love if, a three-hour podcast. you could podcast. make this an eight-hour affair... But one of my favorite episodes of the Gilmore Guys, which is a podcast that I also listen to, um, is one of the last couple episodes they have where they're doing the final, like, they're reviewing the last episode of uh, the Gilmore Girls' A Year in a Life, in the Life, and... It is a two-parter, and each part is three hours long, maybe four. It's like an eight-hour broadcast. That's insane. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. Wow. I love it so much. But there's always got to be one. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about um, a section, uh, first of all, called... Uh, we're going to do cooking. We're going to do cooking. Okay, wait, 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 wait. We have to do it like we used to do it. Ready? Cooking! Oh, you have to do it together. Cooking. Uh, okay, fine. Okay, we're doing cooking now. He took the fun out of it. Go ahead. Okay, so um, there's this segment on Goop, and we're going to link to it, of course. And it's uh, by something um, called the Kitchen Healer. <laughs> so I what, already So it. what we're going to do is, Liz and I are going to pause. Okay. We're going to watch these videos, and you should too. They are only about um, about two or three minutes a piece, so maybe like five minutes total that you have to watch them. Um, it's going to be painful, and I'm sorry, but we just have to have a conversation about this. Um, and it will be easier for you to listen to our conversation about it if you've watched this yeah. video. I mean, you don't have to, but I, I recommend it. Um, and I, I mean, I play it for you in the podcast, but there's also a visual component that is also bullshit. Yeah. So you need to just like do it both at the same time. So, um, we're going to, we're going to pause it now. Okay. Three, two, one, go watch. Okay, so let's talk about the first one first. Okay, uh, this woman is 
legitimately insane. And I'm in the wrong business because she has got some amount of money, apparently, to do this on a daily basis. Okay, if you didn't watch the video, let us give you a quick recap. Um, the first video was just a, this woman, like, direct to camera telling everybody about how women don't need to feel the need for perfection in the kitchen. And they don't need to feel the need to... Um, cook for everybody all the time. You can just have like raw foods out for people all the time and you're fine. And, um, we, but at the same time, she also like a half a second later says something about, but women want to be in the kitchen at some point. Everybody wants to be in the kitchen. Yeah, that's true. Everybody wants to be in the kitchen because there's food in the kitchen and it's tasty, but that isn't a gender specific. I just hate her. I hate her and I hate her bullshit idea of Woodboard Love. Woodboard Love is the second video that you also need to watch. Nick, you, you need to explain it because I'm too angry. Okay, so Woodboard Love, um, if you didn't watch any of the videos and you're going to watch one, watch Woodboard Love. Um, first things first uh, about Woodboard Love is, um, I have a question for you, Liz. Based upon this video, do you think that this woman, this individual, I don't know her name, she had a kind of a bullshit name, um, did she invent the cutting board and saving board? <laughs> Because she would have you believe that she did. The way that she presents it, it, it she it feels like... This revolutionary she, yeah. idea. She's like, we have this slab of wood. We cut on it. We serve on it. It's wonderful. It's efficient. It's great. And it's just like, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. Like, that's how it works. Like, and it, it's like... And look, I don't know if people at home... I, I, most dinner parties that I've been to, everybody like serves a cheese board on a board or something or with like fruit, nuts and stuff like... And that's not exclusive to me. And I will also admit like right here and now, I can get very hoity about the way that I serve food and the way that I like to have people over. Now, part that is for a couple of reasons when I do it. One, I do like it to feel... And oh, she also says in the first video, she says something about you should resist the urge to make it feel like it is a television show that or like or is it second okay yeah. resist she's like yeah. she's like have it all spread out doesn't need to have a um a tv show a cooking show vibe and it's like one it looks like a cooking show what you are doing right do, now looks they like, do a like the show. macro shots the micro shots yeah. like everything like the pan and it's like and part of me is kind of like you dumped food out on your 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 kitchen table or your island or whatever, and part of me is like, it took more work to dump it out on the table for you to grab than it would be to just like lay the containers out. Like food comes in containers, yeah, they come in bags, they come in some sort of like thing. Like you just don't like have this satchel of like strawberries, like figs, like grapes, and like cheese and stuff like that, and like you dump it out on the table wonton, and you're like, <laughs> and you're like, you're like. How am I going to set up this food board love? And just like the phrase "food board love" is already dumb. It's, it's dumb. already dumb and stupid. And I, while I do agree with her on one point and one point alone, I think that there is a lot of pressure on not necessarily just women, but like I think young people in general uh, to have a very perfect kind of lifestyle mm -hmm. because of. the websites like Goop because of Instagram like yeah like Goop is specifically about like making everything perfect and everything looks flawless and like the cooking the cooking things are always like look how luxe this looks and how gorgeous it is and like it's beautiful and it's like Okay. And even, like, the way she was organizing, like, the board was, like, it was just gorgeous and beautiful. Yeah, and, like, like the someone's colors, gonna look, yeah. Someone's going to look at that and go, like, 
okay, I want to make it look like that because it's just so pretty at the same time. Like, she didn't put, pump out something that looked kind of ugly, but it was just like, yeah, I mean, it's food on, on a board. Because that's really what it was. So she yeah. just had been like, yeah, we're this is not revolutionary, guys. We're just going to throw some food on a board. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to taste great. I would have expected that more than like the food board love. It looks, it's so beautiful. It doesn't even have kitchen show vibe, but it looks like a kitchen show. It all and looks like, like a kitchen show. And I, it's like, I don't know. And just like her, like bullshit, like, I don't know. I, I, oh. I I'm resisting. I, I don't want to like attack her as a person. Cause I'm sure she's a fine human being, but at the yeah. same time, I'm like, can you get out of your own asshole for 10 minutes? Like, yeah. This is such a pointless thing. It's like, you're, you're, you're right. You're so up your own asshole. You're in Gwen's asshole all at the same time. And I'm sure they're perfectly bleached and wonderful. <laughs> oh wait, no, bleach is, a, bleach is not organic, but, um, <laughs> but like, it's like, come on. Like, really? Uh, really? I, the only, the only thing that I like is I like your, I like the point about like, women and people just feeling like everything has to be perfect. But again, part of what scoops brought fault, but like, um, but it's like, and I agree with it. That's kind of what I was getting at before. And I also, like I said, I am, it's really hard for me to point a finger at this instance, because a lot of times when I do have people over, I do, I don't necessarily feel a pressure to make things look perfect, but at the same time, and this is a hundred, this is going to sound gross and I apologize for that. But like the thing is, is that I almost, I like it to feel perfect because I want people to think that I have my life together. And so I feel like if they come over, don't have your life together. Who the, who does? I don't, but, and you know, I'm drunk on a Sunday night. Yeah. Recording a podcast that makes me no money. Like, yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing. It's like I want people to come over, and when they sit down at, to dinner at my house, I want them to look at everything and go like, "Oh my god, everything is so flawlessly put together." Like this must have taken her ten minutes, and I could never accomplish that. And I just want to go like, "No, it was easy." And in fact, I'd been like planning it for a week and a half, and it was really hard. And um, to the point where I, I will hit days where when people sometimes want to come over, I'm just like, "I can't, I, I can't, I'm not yeah. available." But that is something that is a weird thing. And I think that's a bigger issue that I would like to talk more about is where did this initial pressure come from? Because I feel like, you know, if we go back sort of chronologically through time in the fifties, there's obviously, yeah, patriarchy. There's this idea of a sort of June Cleaver type thing. And, um, even further back than that, you have a woman who was the head of the household, whose only job was to make everything perfect for the guy that was coming home. And then even, and I mean, even if she was in charge of a bunch of uh, servants or maids or whoever who whoever did it, it was still somebody's job who didn't have another job to make everything look gorgeous. And now, like, I think there's, and I, you can speak to this probably better than I can, but I, I still think that there is a pressure on a, a bigger pressure on women to not only have a perfectly decorated house, um, beautiful food, and they have to be able to cook. They have to have all of their makeup and hair ready to go at all times. They have to have, and there's a there's a movement against that that's happening, obviously, at the moment too. But it's still very much expected for women to be that way. Why can I speak to this? Well, I think you could. Do men feel that pressure too, or is that just do a, men feel? I think. Um, do you feel? Do you? Estimate that you feel less pressure than, say, I would for... Because at least on um, sort of hair and makeup and having the perfect outfit and stuff, probably not as much. 
No, um, I don't think it's quite fair. I think it manifests. I think we talked about this before in a prior episode, maybe. Uh, briefly, I think, I think it manifests itself though differently. I think I think people in general are on different under different pressures. I think women. I think it's much more overt and um, uh, sexism for uh, realistically is is more accepted. Um, does that make sense? Like, yeah. I'm not saying it's good or it's okay, but yeah. Like, outward sexism towards women for one reason or another poorly, um, is something that's accepted in our society. You know, we body shame women, we attack women. We, you know, we'll talk about like a woman who's not like thin enough or pretty enough or something. Harvey Firestein was allowed to do whatever the hell he wanted for 50 years. He was was rich and powerful and stuff like that. It's kind of like, I think it manifests itself differently, but like, I think I've mentioned this before, like men also are under certain pressures, like things like that. Like when you pick up a men's health, you don't see a guy with a dad bod. You see a guy with like an eight pack abs, you know? And I think the gay community is also a little bit different with this. So I don't know if it's completely fair and in, in in, at the same time, because it's like, it's, there is a certain thing in, in my community, if we're going to call it that, where it's like, you don't have a six pack, you're not hot. You're not like, you know, just this like awesome, like, you know, like, yeah, but to to be fair, like then on the other side of that, or at least on the on the like sitcom end of that, you Kevin James is perfectly acceptable to have a, a primetime sitcom with a super hot wife. Who's Kevin James? Uh, he he was the king of queens and oh. Uh, oh. yeah, exactly. Okay. Like he's never had a love interest in a movie um, that has been even. And, and not to to put a woman in that perspective where it's like to say where she's on the same level as him. But if like if if it were like Margot Martindale is never going to be the lead of a movie, even though she should be. And um, I don't know that it's happened yet, but she's never going to have a prime time sitcom where she's going to have a super hot like David Beckham is never going to play her husband unless if that's the joke. And, um, for example, like Melissa McCarthy, who heads up Mike and Molly, her love interest is similarly matched to her. Her love interest is not Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And if it were, that's the joke. That's the joke in Spy is that her love interest is Jason Statham. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the problem, I think. We talked about this, Yeah, we talked about Yeah, we did. We talked about this in, like, your 10 boyfriend, but... um, (laughs) Yes. But no, it makes sense. It's like this whole idea, like... Um, and I know we're getting away from the original point, but, but... the point is, the point is that, like, people are under pressure, and the question is, why are they under pressure? And it's like, and... I don't know. It's still, it still is at the same time. I think it's, it sets up this other expectation. So, she, yes, this, she's like, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be amazing. You don't have... Or, like, you don't... I shouldn't say amazing, but you don't have to be perfect and have this, like, picturesque movie lifestyle and stuff like that. But at the same time, what she does is a different permutation of that the woman or the person who has everything together where she can wake up in the morning throw just throw something in the oven for 20 minutes before she leaves and she's going to be effervescent enough to like know what to put together and turn off her oven before she leaves the house because i would forget (laughs) and so it's a different type of perfect at that point and that's the issue because she is also like in that video she has lipstick her hair is done she looks good she's picked out an outfit that just like matches everything it's a whole big thing she looks perfect yeah. It's, it's not, is it your traditional Gwyneth Paltrow perfect? No. But it, she looks perfect in this uh, in this different lens. In this sort of um, boho chic boho kind of chic like, kind of way. Just be free. Just free. Like, free. Just like throw something in the oven while you're getting ready in the morning. And I'm, and I'm like, I usually plan my meals and I'm like, 
what do you mean throw something in the oven? Like, just pick something and throw it in the oven? What if it doesn't work? And I think that's kind of her point is, like, you don't have to be that perfect. But at the same time, I'm like, but it takes a certain level of confidence and a certain level of perfection to be able to get to that point, too. Yeah. It's kind of like, really? Come on. Really? Like... And she's... Yeah. What she is suggesting and what she is promoting is also, like... It's part of the problem. It's not the solution. No, it's not. It's just all kinds of bullshit. I hate it. I do too. On this weirdly kind of on the same subject, our next subject, beauty. Beauty. Anyway. Okay, so let's talk about uh, beauty. So under the beauty section, the first article I saw was um, something called How to Heal a Scar. Okay. Um, We're not going to read all of it because I think it's shitty, but... Um, that, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I read ahead a little bit. Go ahead. Um, I, what I am going to point out is um, there is this, uh, in the first like kind of intro section, there is something about, they talked to this um, this doctor, uh, Stephen uh, Teitelbaum, uh, Teitelbaum um, MD. Uh, he's a uh, uh, associate clinical professor of plastic surgery at UCLA um, and a president, the president of California's Society of Plastic Surgeons. And here he will walk us through what can and can't be done from in-office procedures to at-at-home remedies and how to know when to call a plastic surgeon. And that is quite the escalation to plastic surgery because you have a scar. Oh, did I say that? No, I didn't. The point is how to heal a scar. So his, his thing is about like how to handle things at home, what can be handled in the office, slash when do you have to call a plastic surgeon? And... First things first, disclaimer, we're not about body shaming. We are not about um, shaming those who need surgery or want to get the surgery. There are certain cosmetic surgery procedures that are beyond cosmetic, and it's more like I need to get a scar or something taken care of from a cosmetic. It's a skin issue. It's cosmetic. But I I don't have full range of mobility in my my eyes. They don't close all the way. Sure. Some sort of like reconstructive surgery after accidents, things along those lines. This is not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at the person who gets a scrape. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, I don't like the scar, or I have a medical procedure. And I don't I'm like going to have a scar. I'm going to have a scar very quickly here on my, from the... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Did you go, do you have Neosporin? I mean, I guess you some Neosporin. Okay. Actually, there's some remedies in here that we can use. Oh, yay. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I hope, and obviously, why would you? Um, I hurt myself the other night um, in probably the, the most prissy way ever. I cut my hand on a cheese knife while I was doing the dishes. If you had just done woodboard love. I yeah, I could have just like left it out there and it would have been a problem. You would have cut it up at once and then yeah. all the sharp knives would have been put away when we were drunk. But I weirdly both had Nick over and my ten boyfriend when I did it and Whoa <laughs> Okay. It's different when we joke about it, but when you casually are just like my ten boyfriend, it feels like an attack on me. But that's how the viewers at home know him listeners at home know him uh but i had them both over and i was doing the dishes and i accidentally like sliced my finger open and it it was messy for a while it was Um, so yeah i'll probably have a scar for that it's on my finger um we should actually we should tweet a picture of it because it's it's pretty pretty, uh gnarly i think is the word the kids would uh, so you guys can, and everybody tweeted what you think. Should I get plastic surgery to get rid of it? Um, if we follow Gwen's Did you take tips, a picture of that? I or? did. Oh, yeah. Okay. If we follow Gwen's trip, she's going to let us know. Okay. Um, so that's a thing. But, um, so it's quite the escalation though to go to plastic surgery. And I guess this is where, um, Goop's efforts this week have stopped to be more accessible because it's like, what percentage of people can afford or even really want to go to a plastic surgeon? 
uh, really only people who can because none of that is usually covered by insurance unless if it is something important. Yes. Um, it also says, I think, well, actually, let me take this back. I think most people can't afford to go to it, or it's not a priority enough for them to actually afford it. Okay. Um, but then I think most, more people probably want to go. But at the same time, I think my question is, what does it say about our culture in which people feel so that they need to get surgery done to reverse a scar? Of the scar type we're talking about. Again, we're not talking about the important stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, does this kind of, I think this kind of ties in with like this, uh, this bitch we, um, uh, <laughs> we just talked about. We just talked about, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think if I had, it's this, it's this notion of perfection again. Yeah, but uh, to be honest, I think that if I had a, some sort of facial scar or whatever, I would want to get it taken care of because, especially really? as the, yeah, I mean, in general, as an actor, like that always that's the first thing that people that would notice about you, and um, it would also probably start to affect how you would get jobs and stuff. I think that that could be... What if it made you edgy and gave you more jobs? That's, I mean, that's such a slim possibility. Like, the only actor that I can think of that... Well, besides, like, Harrison Ford, because he's got that scar on his chin. But there's that other actor, he's in Braveheart. What? What are you giggling at? I just thought about that 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 part in um, Things We Do in the Dark. Oh, what we do in the dark. We're Stu- spoiler. Stu comes back and he's got all, the, all the scratches on his face, yeah, and the scars on his face, and someone's like, "Oh, you look like Seal." <laughs> That's okay. Which is such a weird reference. I guess there's Seal, but then there's also that actor from Braveheart. I forget his name, but he has the scars that go up the side of his face like that. And I found this out. Someone gave him a Glasgow smile when he lived. Really? In- yeah. Uh, and for listeners at home that don't know what a Glasgow smile is, that's effectively what, like, presumably Joker. The, the Joker would have, where it's like you put the, you make a little incision on either side of their mouth, and then you punch them in the stomach so they scream, and when they scream, it splits their um, cheeks up. This is the Halloween episode, everyone. Um, Spooky scary. scary. Um, so, yeah, that's what that is. But again, notice all of the actors that we are discussing are men. I know that Pat Malishki has lost. La- La- has scars, but they're on her arms. I've, I don't think I've ever seen an actress with scars on her face. I didn't know she had scars on her arms. She does. They're like uh, on the upper. The, She's on a lot of Food Network stuff, right? She, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I know yeah. what you're talking about now. Um, but yeah, they're on her arms. I don't think I can think of a single actress who has anything with their face because, again, that's like just how. So I think that's interesting. Um, I don't know. Um, let's see. You said uh, you, in the outline of Marina right now, you said typically the first scar discussed, discussed is like a C-section scar. Tellingly, the first scar that we yeah. actually talk about in like the, um, uh, uh, like in the, in the Q&A section um, is about a C-section scar. So on one hand, I think it's, it's relevant probably to Goop's target audience. It's these, um, it's women who think that they're like, or women or mothers that uh, like want to make this per- correct, perfect world because people like Gwyneth Paltrow have told them they have to create this perfect world. It's like a self-feeding cycle. Yes. Um, so I think it's, it's telling, it's telling the sense of like who their target uh, audience is. But at the same time, I think it's interesting because it's like a C-section happened. Like I don't, it's like this idea that, that somebody would feel shame or feel embarrassed or feel like it makes them less, less beautiful as a person, I think is really telling from our society yeah that's also true but there's also all that stuff that happens right after a woman has a baby it's like how fast do you bounce back how do you get your pre-baby body back i think it's bullshit it's terrible it's absolutely terrible i think it's awful yolo like you do you like well yeah it's just like you produced another human you're allowed to take time and and that's generally the consensus that everybody says they feel until they 
are faced with it or until I think you become a mother yourself and then it has a lot to do with your self-esteem. So I don't know. I'm not a mother. I don't plan on becoming a mother. So I don't know. Uh, and I feel a little weird discussing it, but I do think it is very, that very is strange. Weird. This is true. It's very easy for us as non-mothers. To yeah. Go, to like, talk about it and discuss like- it. I mean, of the two of us, I think I got a better shot uh, <laughs> of becoming a mom. I'm actually three weeks pregnant. <laughs> I, didn't um, want, I didn't want to tell anybody my first trimester. But. So it's like, obviously, I mean, obviously it is okay if you're getting like, do, I, I think it just always boils down to do what makes you personally happy. But do everybody it for else. you. Yeah. And it's so hard to gauge what that is because even stuff that I do for myself, a lot of the times that I think I'm doing just to make me happy is usually for something else. Yeah. And it's, it's just part of, I think the psychology of being human is wanting to please other people. I just think it's um, it's interesting. It actually ties into, and I didn't put this in the outline, but it actually reminded me as we're talking about this, is there's this article I saw recently, and the title, and I'll butcher it, and I'll find it, and I'll post it, but um, it was something along the lines of, like, motherhood is hard to mess up, so why do, many, why do so many women feel like they're failing? And it, like, is this idea about, like, I'm failing my children, I'm failing, like, my, my duties as a mother, and it's like, and I think it comes back to the societal pressure thing, like, that you have to be everything and more. Do you know what's great? Being what? an aunt. Like, you just show up and you're like, I will spoil you for 12 hours and I'll leave. I'll leave. Um, I agree. Like, I'm not in that type of situation, but I'll hang out with, like, a friend of mine who has two children. And I'm like, this is wonderful for an hour. Yeah. Or for a couple hours in the And I, I think it's... Uh, we're putting... Because... And I've I've read a couple articles on the whole like when we were kids because I remember like when we were, when I was younger I would just be like hey mom I'm leaving and I would just like go to a friend's house for the entire afternoon or whatever or we would just like ride our bikes over to the park by ourselves and I can't even imagine that happening with a kid now like as an adult like the idea and maybe if I were a mom I'd be like yes get out go somewhere please uh, get out of uh, glass of wine yeah. um, but uh, I heard another story about um, a, a girl and I'm going to leave names out of this but a, a girl who when she was three decided she wanted to sell like little crafts and stuff at a farmer's market and she just like got up and left and uh, shared a booth with a lady and she was three years old and just like talked her way into a booth and this was in the 80s and like it's even in the last 30 years, we've come such a long, different way from like latchkey kids don't really exist anymore. Latchkey. Latchkey. Like kids who kind of like run and do, run themselves and do their own thing and like go to parks and like have less supervision. Okay. Uh, then uh, and that just wouldn't happen anymore. Or at least I, not that I can think of right, right in if, or tweet in or something. If you have a, a better grasp on this. Cause again, we don't really hear about kids. Yeah. I think, uh, and rightfully like, so. And a uh, disclaimer, obviously we're going to, we're going to talk about things we know nothing about. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like having kids. So like we're the best people to give advice out about, but again, as I just dis- uh, gave some disclaimers earlier, we do not give advice. We do not, uh, <laughs> tell you what you should do. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. Um, so yeah, but so, I, but how would I treat this scar on my okay. finger if I was so going to treat gonna, it at home? I'm going to read this to you because I think this is also amazing. There's, there's a line in here and I want you to point out what line I, you think I like the best. Okay. So 
um, this doctor says that in the early period, minor cuts are best treated with an occlusive uh, ointment, like aquaphor. Burns are best treated with uh, aloe. It's one of the few natural ingredients that has been shown in valid clinical trials to be helpful. Okay. Limiting sunlight is important. Vitamin E theoretically helps because it inhibits the collagen production as part of a scar, but its effectiveness has never been validated in trial. The same is true of Mederma and massaging a scar with oil. To basically lubricate it? (laughs) Like, that's kind of what we're getting at? Like like aquifer, for example. But... I think, again, this is telling me. For burns, best treated with aloe. It's one of the few natural ingredients that's been shown in valid clinical trials to be helpful. I think that's in, that answer's amazing because it, again, says that, like, all this, like, bullshit ointment stuff and, like, this bullshit, like, um, like home remedies like yeah. is fucking crazy. Like, Well, and, you know, I get... You know, it's just walking through life on occasion. I mean, again, if it is a big scar that is from something traumatic, that is very different. But I think most people don't escape life without getting a small scar from something. Like, exactly. careless with a kitchen knife, you slipped in the bathroom, you were yep. fixing a car, whatever it is. The other thing, too, is it talks about, is like, um, the doctor talks about in this article a little bit more, he talks about, like, yeah, it matters, like, how the scar happened, but, like, equally important or as or sometimes as important is, like, your biology, your skin, like things along those lines is going to be, it's going to be dramatically changed. Like how you scar and different things along those lines. And like, do you clean it well enough right away? If it needed stitches, did you get stitches? That sort of thing. So it's just like this idea that like, it it really kind of what it it quickly points to is that like, if you're scarred and you don't like it, get plastic surgery, which is again, not accessible to most people. Like, yeah, it's just insane. Like, I don't know. I'd like there. Um, it's uh, like, I, I think anywhere but my face, I personally would actually be kind of okay with it. Like, because other than that, like, how do you get this scar scene in Jaws where they're all just, like, comparing their scars and stuff? Like, that's... that I think that's the idea, is for men, scars are cool anywhere. For women, scars are cool anywhere, but... Your face and your Again, stomach this bullsh- and this, yeah, like, this bullshit like uh, like you could have for your women the only acceptable places for scars are like your lower leg, maybe somewhere on your back and your arms. Everywhere else must be as clean and pristine as a baby's bottom, including being hairless, which is another discussion we should have for another day. Oh boy! I, oh, I have feelings. I have yeah. baby yeah. feelings. Anyway, yeah, let's move on. Um, okay. So we're gonna do we're gonna do similarly. Um, there's a lot of videos we're watching and then discussing today. Um, so we're gonna do a, a thing again where we pause. We're gonna we're gonna do some. We're watch two videos and talk about them. Um, in an effort, I think, to be more accessible, Goop has been putting these "Ask Me Anything" videos on Facebook. Um, I have two picked out today that we're gonna go through okay. and then, uh, go through them. So anyway, all right, um, hang on. We're gonna and pause now. Go find the video. And we're back. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't... Okay, so uh, there were two videos. Basically, Ask Me Anything, they pose a couple questions to her. And, like, there's a, a few others I think we're going to maybe do in the future. Yeah. Um, but, like, there were three questions. And then in the first video, um, it was like, uh, how, like, how do you get alone time? Like, do you get enough alone time and things like that? And she's like... She, at some point, she was like, you never do. Am I right, ladies? I was like, your life is so different than mine. Uh, like, do I get a lot of time? I, I, yeah. Like, do me personally, like Liz, Liz Scheip, do I get a lot of time? Yes, I do. O- on occasion, I do. Um, do I also feel 
harried and rushed. And like, I haven't been on a vacation in five years. Like that's the other thing where, um, and then prior to that, I hadn't been on a vacation in eight years. Um, and it's just work, constant work. Um, now I understand that she might not get alone time, but at the same time from somebody who never really has time off. And even when I do have time off, I always try and feel it because I feel like I need to be moving forward. And that's the only way to really gain any ground in a career like this. It felt really gross to have Gwyneth Paltrow just go like, am I right? Ladies It's just like you already, even if you don't have alone time, have things presumably so much easier. Now, if we could do the whole experiment of like her walking a mile in my shoes and me walking a mile in her shoes, I'm sure I would find a lot of difficulty or a lot of other issues, Mm -hmm. but still like, I find it very, very difficult to believe that her lack of alone time leaves her in any sense frazzled. Um, because if she really wanted to, she is at a point financially I think, again, this is all, you know, presumption. She's at a point financially where she could just walk away from the limelight, never work again, and have her alone time. Like, her, she's now consciously uncoupled. Her kids will presumably be with her husband on occasion. Uh, or the nanny. Or the nanny. Alone time is something she could make a priority. I don't have the money or the resources to make alone time a priority. And it feels really terrible to hear somebody just go like, uh, I wish I could get more. You could. You could. The other thing, too, that I didn't like about this is that she's like, no, I don't. Uh, she does, like, this really weird fake laugh thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I feel icky. Yeah. If The whole thing, and I keep saying this about stuff on Goop, but it, it, I, it never fails to amaze me how, how gross I feel after looking at stuff on there. Um. Yeah, I mean, any even if I if I got the opportunity to even take just a week off, even if it was with people, like even if I went to a cabin in the woods with a couple of friends, where it was like just had the ability to not think about work or something for a while. And I know that there are people who have it way worse than me. People who are single parents who mm-hmm. also have maybe never had a vacation ever. Yeah. Um, it, it it feels really bad. To watch Gwyneth Paltrow go through that. Where you're just like, oh, I don't want to ask you anything because I don't I don't care about your answer. I don't care how difficult you may think your life is. It's still gonna be a thousand percent easier than your basic single mom on like if you feel that bad about the fact that you don't have alone time, maybe start like a charity or something or a donation program or just like picking a random person going, Hey, I'm going to pay for you to go to the Bahamas for two weeks and take care of all your bills and figure out a way for you to have PTO for that. I, that's what I would I'm sure, say. I'm not going to say like her life isn't hard because I think I think everything's relative. I think so too. Yeah, relative. everything is relative. And if we were in it, like if you and I were famous, I think we would feel it in different ways too. Exactly. But. Like if you were, if like hard for us and difficult for us is different than somebody who like is is you know living below the poverty line and maybe has two children and is trying to struggle to to get get by. That's, the things that are hard for that person versus hard for me are completely different. And so it, it, I mean, it's all rel- relative to a little bit. Yeah. I just think, again, it's a little disingenuous for her to be, like, re- trying to relate with everyone else. Yeah. And it's, like, it's different. And it's different. And it's, like, and also somebody such as, and I'm just, I'm not, I don't know what Gwen does with her time, but, like, realistically, somebody that is 
affluent and has money and has the time and, and owns literally her own company. She can dictate when she has time off and when she doesn't. Of course, she has commitments and she has obligations to her work and things along those lines. But she, again, has that power to say, no, we're going to move that launch here and I'm going to take the, the two weeks off with my kids. We're going to fly to... Europe or something. Yeah, or like I'm going to leave the kids with Chris and I'm just going to go and be on a beach in Maui or whatever. Or with my nanny or with, with, some, yeah. with somebody else or along those Or leave lines. the kids with the grandparents or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. For option. her, these are options. These I don't, options. I don't, I do not believe that she has an issue with it. No. I don't. Um, you know, again, all relative, but still it's like, come on, really? Okay, what was the next question they asked her? Uh, I, favorite non-toxic deodorant. We are skipping this. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. Why she she did this whole thing about like she's like you don't want those like you don't want those like, you don't want those heavy metals and, and toxins in your lymphatic system. Am do I you, right? am I right? <laughs> and you're like yeah. I mean, I'm presumably not, no, I don't want I mean, those. No, but, but I also don't want to be smelly at work. I don't want someone sitting next to me in a meeting going like like yeah and it's also you know if you're gonna pay for my <laughs> if you're gonna pay the twelve dollars for my non-toxic deal that lasts me two weeks like, yeah come on i'll just and use so, crystals and then the last question <laughs> exactly i'm gonna use um, uh, amethyst and if i just if i hold it in my armpits every morning yeah i'll be good yeah okay next uh, what was the next question is like how are your 40s different than your 30s um I mean, neither of us are in our forties. No. Let's let's put that. Uh, I'm going to be. I'm not even in my thirties yet. Wait, you're neither not in your forties. <laughs> Very funny. Um, I am turning thirty next month. I am in my early twenties, and um, I'm twenty two. Okay, we'll play that game. <laughs> um, I'm turning thirty uh, in about three. Are weeks. you really? Yeah, I'm turning thirty in three weeks. You're two years older than me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Sam just turned 32. Oh, our, our one listener, Sam. Hi. She's Hi, also Sam. 30. She turned 30 about a month ago. She looks like she's like 20. She does. She looks very young. She looks like I, she's 13. I, I don't know how old I look. I usually get 26. Most people think I'm about 26, but uh, I'm, I'm going to be 30 soon. And I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you. When I get into my 40s, I'll let you know. Going into my 30s, I do feel a little bit more confident in myself, but there are still things that I struggle with. And uh, the issue that I'm more having than anything else in, in going into my 30s is sort of rehashing how to dress and how to behave. Because in your 20s, you get to get away with a little bit more cutesy, fun, sure. fashion-y things, which is like by the time you're into your 30s, that tends to age you down. And if you want to be taken seriously, you have to go in another direction. So I'm trying to sort of redefine um, while staying true to what I think my sense of fashion is, which is sort of um, this cross between Victorian and Bohemian and preppy all at the same time. So, yeah, it, yeah if I'm answering that question, but I don't know. She, I suppose that's true. That, that's only something I don't have a real problem with her answer on that one. No, I don't. And I think my thing is because um, I despite what people may think that I'm in my early 20s. Uh, sometimes I get, are you 16? Um, uh, I am 28 going on 29 early next year. Um, okay. So as I approach, and I think it's, as you get older in your late 20s and you start approaching 30, it's like, oh, I'm dead. I'm like, feel like I'm dead at 30. <laughs> that sort of thing. I think, I think for me, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, I think as I approach 30, I think the question I feel is like, what does it mean to be successful at this age? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like, and I because was, that's the other thing is our parents, like my mother was married and I, at 22, mm -hmm. 
Um, and my boyfriend's parents were also married at 22, 23, somewhere around there. Um, and by the time they were my age, they had a house, they had a kid, they had roots, they had settled down. And I know that we're in a different era and a different time, um, a different time. Certain things are stacked against millennials, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out what it means to be successful in like... Yeah, that that is another like weird thing. It, like, yeah, yeah, like, like where is it, it that you you where is it job security? Is it having the right house? Is it or the right yeah. job or the right you know the right or whatever. whatever? And yeah, is it is a weird place to be. We could probably fill up a different podcast with all of our insecurities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't I, don't getting, have, I don't have enough time for this. No, sorry guys. And we're trying to keep this shorter today, so we should start. Keep, we should start moving. The other video had uh, something about like when did you find your style, and she talked about like it was like in, when she was young, and like it was like clothes could be something other than just clothes. They were like an expression of style and stuff like that. Which I'm like, I get, like I understand, but I don't know. She talked about a perfect day, which again I think was like a, a marketing person being like, you need to answer the question like this because it was very it was very down to earth. Yeah, very, like just sleep in, hang out with my kids, uh, go on some sort of foodie adventure, go to a museum. Like it was all. But again, I mean to be fair, like I feel like that's I would maybe say something similar. Um, I, yeah, you have secret kids. No, uh, but like uh, for me, it would be sleep in super late. Mm-hmm. It would be uh, not hang out with my kids, but I would like to hang out with maybe my niece and nephew or, um, or, and Sean or just Sean on his own or like a group of my friends, like hang out with people you love, I think is the answer that you're getting to there. And, um, yeah. And then like go to a museum. I have done that on occasion on a day off and it's like, yeah, that's a fun thing to do. But if I'm like being honest about like, what's my perfect day, if, and, and you're not putting any sort of parameter on it where it's like what is your perfect day and you're just like okay great I can as far as my imagination can go my perfect day begins with Michael Buble serenading me awake in my room now I don't particularly like Michael Buble anymore I'm not a big fan of his music I just think it would be funny to make Michael Buble come and serenade me awake in the morning because I feel like that's not a thing he'd want to do and I find that hysterical then no let me finish my whole day and then you can talk. Then after I've woken him up, he I'm going. To, oh, you've woken him up. Oh, like, sorry. After, bed? <laughs> after he's woken me up, I am going to go to a fantastic breakfast where there will be no calories in all of the food I am consuming, and I am going to eat um, meat that day too because I am a vegetarian because meat makes me sick. So I like on my perfect day, I'm going to not get sick from having meat, and I'm going to eat a ton of bacon, just a plate of it with waffles. Uh, yes, and then after I've had my incredible breakfast, I am moving on to like some sort of helicopter ride where I get to see something fantastic like the Grand Canyon. Um, and then after that, I'm going to go um, and have a fantastic chat with Meryl Streep over tea in the afternoon. And then it Helen Mirren like is her. going to join the two of us. And we're all going to go to dinner together where um, Gordon Ramsay is going to cook us dinner in London right before we go see a play on the West End. And I don't know what that's going to be yet, but it would be something fat. Whatever. Hamilton. Right. It would be Hamilton. Oh. Headline by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And then, after that, all of us, Meryl Streep, Michael Bublé, <laughs> Helen Mirren, Gordon Ramsay, and uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, we all go paintballing for the night <laughs> with just grain alcohol available the whole evening. See, that is a perfect day. 
Oh. You're going to ask, yes, no parameters. That's the thing. It's like, what's your perfect day? Well, okay. Oh, Sean's there too for all of it. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, your 10 boyfriend was left out to the very, very No, I, this, it, was, it was implied he was there. I'm tweeting that. What, that I left Sean out? Your 10 boyfriend was left out to no, the very, No, he day. wasn't, though. But he was. No, he would be there when I woke up, and then he would also eat just as much bacon. Hmm. All the Do you think he limits his meat consumption because you're around? No, because okay. I, cause I cook meat for him all the time, so I don't think so. Okay. What would your perfect day be? <sighs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Not as extravagant as that? No, I don't think it'd be extra- as extravagant as that. Um, I, think, I think my perfect day would be, like, sleeping in um, late but not too late. Um, I think just the act of, like, waking up refreshed and be like, I want to get up is something great. I think that'd be wonderful. So, like, mid-morning. I would um, uh, probably put on a really comfy outfit. <laughs> dive into a cake. <laughs> I dive into a cake. A full size cake. Also has no calories. <laughs> no, um, actually, um, I'm trying to. I'm planning like this European vacation next year that oh, I want to okay. do. Um, and I think um, one of the day I've actually kind of thought about this. Like, what would be kind of like my perfect day? Like, if I went to London or like Berlin or something along those lines, and it would be like something like you get up, you have like a really nice breakfast, just relax. There's no ske- real schedule for to the day, and then um, like I have this idea of going to Berlin and like. Get, get doing all the registration stuff and like so I could go to the Bundestag and like see the Bundestag and like have dinner at the Bundestag or like lunch and then like basically just like hang out and like read books in interesting places and just have nobody bother me and I just can like have like go up, I'll be like lunchtime and I can have like a cocktail at lunch. So your answer is designed to make me feel like an asshole basically. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think it is. Like completely sight unseen, like no holds bars, like nothing a lot, nothing. It, like I think it would probably be involved like I want to do some crazy behind the scenes thing at like a museum or something like that like get a personal tour at like yeah. like you know the the houses of parliament in, in london like i think that'd be really cool like that'd be something like extravagant that i'll never get to do but like i really would like to do sure. um but just like relaxing and like there's no pressure and there's nothing like that and it's just basically like i can like have be like basically at a mild state of drunkenness all day just but still like where I'm cool and like I don't like forget the day and like I could just like hang out read interesting books I think like um so extravagant thing up like I'd go to London like in like March of next year when Alan Holinghurst has a new book coming out and he would like give me my copy of my book and I'd be able to be like I need to talk to you about the a couple of your other books and like I have to understand more <laughs> about them um and just like something insane like that just nice. really really fun like just live my best metropolitan life I can. <laughs> so hashtag best life. Hashtag best life. I think it's something along those lines. I think something simple like would be really great and really wonderful. Cause like your day sounds amazing and wonderful. But at the same time, like if you were, if I was like, you're going to go have tea with Meryl Streep, I'd be like, what the fuck do we talk about? Like I have nothing to talk about Meryl. I'm going to go like, I loved you in devil's wears Prada. <laughs> <laughs> I would just sit there. I'd be so awkward. I'd be like, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Can we hug? <laughs> And she'd be like, okay. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, like, 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 she'd be like, how did I even get here? How did I even get here? And she's like, just like, I had three wishes. And my first one was to have a perfect day. <laughs> and the and next one is that you become an aunt of mine. Just like insane. Like yeah. I, I, like I, like a day like that, I'd be like, I don't know how to like behave myself. Cause like, even like when I see somebody famous, 
I'm like, like, cause I've seen so many and I'm like, <laughs> but like, I've seen a couple famous people and I like, I don't know how to, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to walk up to them. I had a complete up. mental breakdown when I met Danny Pudi of community. <laughs> it didn't go <laughs> well. Danny Pudi, he's on the TV show community, which of which I am a fan. And, um, I was at a restaurant having dinner with some friends and I saw somebody from the back and I went, Oh my God, that's Danny Pudi. And this is in Milwaukee, mind you. This is not like anywhere where he should have been. But I happen to know that he went to Marquette. So it wasn't like super outside the realm of possibility that it could have been. Yeah, and then, but my friends who were with me were like, you have to calm down. There's no possible way that that's actually Danny Pudi. I was like, I really think it is, though. I really think it's him. And um, luckily he got up and like went to the bathroom and came the long way around and walked in. I was like, it is Danny Pudi. And um, I was like, I have. Have to go say hi. I have to go to say hi, or I'm going to start kicking myself. But I, he was also in the, like in the middle of a meeting or something, and I wasn't going to. But he got up to go pay the bill, and he was all by himself. Everybody had left him. He was just waiting there, and so I just like took a deep breath, and I had my mental breakdown over in the corner, and then I went up and just very calmly went up and went, hi, I just wanted to introduce myself. Um, I, I'm such a big fan of your show, and I wanted to come over and say hi, and he said thank you so much, and shook my hand, and I didn't get, like, asked for a picture or anything, because I was like, I don't need the picture. I'll have the story. I'll have it up here. I just think, so I, um, uh, I went to uh, years and years and years was ago. Was this a Hillary Hahn? Yeah. <laughs> years and years and years ago, uh, Tim, Jim, and I went to go see uh, Hillary Hahn. And, like, afterwards, I'm like, I don't want to say hi because, like, I don't know how to, like, I just don't know how to, like, react <laughs> to her, like, near her. Like, I just want, I'm going to be near her and I'll, like, melt and, like, I'll just melt. And, like, so we didn't go say, we weren't going to go say hi. And then, like, finally, I was just like, okay, let's do it. So we had to get, like, it was this breakdown was for a while. And so we had to get like in the back of the line. Everybody else that was in line was in line. So like we were one of the last people like in line. And basically I was just like, oh, I think it's wonderful. I like, I loved you playing the Tchaikovsky. It was wonderful when you went up at the octave at the end. I thought it was great. Like I was just like <laughs> losing my mind. And then she's like, do you mind? And I'm like, yeah. And like, I just started learning the, the Sibelius and like, you just came out with your Sibelius CD. And it was like, ah, great. And she like was super graceful and like super amazing. And she's like, had like this tiny little chat with me about like the Sibelius. And I'm like, this is amazing. And like, um, Jim asked her out. <laughs> Tim asked her out. Tim asked him out. Tim asked her out. And I was embarrassed as fuck. But um, and then Jim was just like, thank you for your music. <laughs> and it was just like, it was wonderful. It was absolutely amazing. She it was like, like the three reactions that one could have. It's like, her. exactly. Like, and like she signed all of our tickets and like our, our, our programs and stuff. Like that. It's really cool. I still have it. Like it's one of my, my most favorite things I have. Um, and then like uh, this other favorite, I saw my favorite band, like non-classical band is uh, Bastille. Oh, sure. My favorite, favorite band. And like um, before Summerfest, my sister, her husband, and I, we were at Swig getting sloshed <laughs> because it's like, Swig is kind of pricey, but it's still like easier to get sloshed there than at Summerfest for like hard liquor. Correct. Yes. Right. So we were like hanging out and then the bartender was like, um, just like, so he knew where we were. So we were talking with the bartender and he's just like, Hey, do you know who's over there? And we're like, no. And they're like, it's, it's uh, the drummer from Bastille. And we're like, no, it's not. And like, and admittedly my fandom was not as rabid then. So I did not know the names of everybody in the band. Yeah. And so like, I looked it up and like, holy shit, it's, it's Woody from, it's Woody, like the, yeah. the drummer from Bastille. And I'm like, I really want to say hi. And my sister's like, I'm going to go say hi. I'm like, no, he's like, he's like doing his own thing before the, before the show. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. That's terrible. Like, don't do that. And, um, so we did not say hi. And 
Uh, okay, so I have I have two more quick like how I handled meeting celebrities, and I think one of them makes me come across as very cool, and the other one does not. I have at one all. more too. Uh, okay, so um, I when I was much younger, when I was seventeen, um, there was for the I think the Fond du Lac County Fair, George Thurgood <laughs> was playing, and now if you don't know who that is, yeah, I know that was my reaction. Uh, he sing, he's the singer for the song "Bad to the Bone." Okay, I didn't know who he was, and we were closing up for the day. And uh, I <laughs> at the downtown Ramada Plaza of Fond du Lac, uh, there was sort of a, a rectangular bar, and that meant that I was the hostess, the barista, and the bartender. So I had to work all three jobs kind of simultaneously, and if it was super busy, you were just screwed. But uh, so one day we were closing down, and the bar I had just shut that down. Restaurant was closed, um, and I was just taking the coffee out because we had push pots of black coffee that people could grab if they were in the. And he comes up and he's like, "Hey," and he's got his sunglasses on inside and I had no idea who he was. He was like, hey, could I get a sandwich? And I was like, no. I'm so sorry. The kitchen is just closed. We're not open. And he was like, yeah, but you could go back there and just make me a sandwich. (laughs) And I was, like 17-year-old me, I was just not impressed. I was like, no. They've locked everything up. I don't have access to anything. And then there's a woman behind the front desk who I worked with who's like, and so I go running over and I'm like, what? And she's like, do you know who that is? I was like, no. And she goes, George Thurgood. And I was like, I, still nothing. Still nothing. Yeah, and she explained. And I was like, I don't care. He's being a jerk. I was like, And she was like, you give him whatever he wants. And I was like, he wants a sandwich. She's like, the kitchen is closed, though. And I was like, this is my problem. What do you want me to do? Yeah. And um, I went back and he was like, hey, can I have a cup of coffee? And I had just taken all the coffee. And back and it was like old and gross. It's been there since 5 a.m. It's now 3 o'clock. I was like... I can give it to you. It's gross. You don't want that. And he was like, oh, well, where can I get a cup of coffee? I was like, there's a cousin's right next door. They have coffee and sandwiches. Like, you can go grab it there. He's like, oh. and then he comes back five minutes later with the bass guitarist of his band. He's like, hey, could you get T-Bone a sandwich? I was like, no, I still can't. I, wa- I don't even want to, but I can't. And I just had this kind of meltdown with George Thurgood. I'm sure he complained about me. <laughs> but I was like, uh, I was like you're being re- unrealistic. Um, so that's the first one. And then the second one, which is so much like, I just didn't, I couldn't have cared who he was. And then the second one, um, I met, there's an actor here in Milwaukee or in Wisconsin, um, named James DeVita and um, he works at like APT and okay. he does a lot at the rep and I know I, nothing of this uh, I saw him when I was 13 years old at a production at APT that my aunt and uncle took me to as a present for something uh, in a production of Arms of the Man and uh, that was one of the shows where I remember seeing it just going like I want to do this I want to be an actor like this is this is the thing um, and then cut to basically 15 years later um, I was at an opening night party for a show that he starred in mm-hmm. at the rep. I scored a ticket to this thing somehow. And um, g- granted, he's not like super famous, but to me he is. And I am having a full hyperventilation meltdown about meeting him. Because I have friends that know him really well, who've worked with him and just say he's a really nice guy. And I can't stop freaking out. I'm just like, ah, the- and I saw him. And then somebody was like, well, don't tell me you saw him when he was 13. I was like, I know how the game is played. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and so I did meet him and I did not hold my cool in very well for that. Um, but he was very, very nice. He was he was a lovely individual. It was lovely to have met him. And I just wish I handled it better. That's really funny. I know. 
<laughs> Go ahead. Um, I was also at the MSO, and there I had just saw Sarah Chang play. I think she played the uh, Shostakovich Violin Concerto. And as I was like leaving, we were walking out. Um, she like like the the security people or whatever they like brushed everybody off to the side so that she could come through to get to the where she was going to do autographs and stuff like that and i so i was like within like arms reach of her of sarah chang oh is that it That's, oh sorry i thought there was more to that no, that was it that was more that was it um it was like a thing okay um, so like i got like pushed out of the way by one of her security people <laughs> Okay, uh, so should we move on then? Yeah, let's go on. Okay. Um, so let's go move on to next episode. <laughs> yeah, let, let's move on because we so, we did try to keep this short or we still kind of... It's, it's okay. So um, we were going to make something, but um, we didn't. It was so, so long ago, It was so long guys. ago that I don't... I, if only I had a way or a website that I could go to to look at what I promised I'd make. Um, but I don't. I don't. So it's fine. Um, but I was going to look for something for us to make next time. And I thought it... And number one, I was trying to find something vegetarian for Liz... Which was actually harder than I thought it would be. Um, there's still a lot of good options on Goop, but like not a like a boatload. Yeah. Um, which I thought was interesting. This is mu- must be what it's like to be a vegetarian <laughs> and not have like a lot of options at a restaurant. But um, I thought it would be interesting to actually put it out towards our listeners. Sam, uh, <laughs> the one, the, the one. only one, the only one. Um, to to look for something on the cooking section. Um, that you'd like us to make and we will make it and review it and uh, take pictures of it and um, give you a shout out in the next episode Sam uh, so <laughs> I mean or Jim or um, or yeah, Nick, whoever wants or to Nick. do it yeah so it's fine um, the, the, the fours of listeners the twos of <laughs> listeners that we have that'd be fine you can make make things and tell us and we'll make them so yeah that's like a thing um, so yeah wrap up uh, so what's a wrap up usually like how much of this is bullshit Oh, so much of it. So much of it is bullshit. Yeah, um, I don't know. The scar thing, uh, get rid of them, keep them, do what's best for you. Um, you do you. You do you, boo. You do um, you, boo. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the, oh, that's... Woodboard love? Woodboard love is so utterly dumb. Like, that, that has to overtake everything else. Is it everything the, is else. Is it the stupidest thing that we've ever watched from Goop? Or seen or read from. I am gonna say yes. It was really bad. It was really terrible. It was also weird. Yeah, didn't like it. Better or worse than uh, Fancy Febreze? Worse. Worse. Worse because there's a and there's an accompanying thing. Like there's somebody who's telling you it's a thing to do, as opposed to like Febreze is just like we're gonna leave this here and you can either take it or leave it, do whatever you want. With sure. It. This one has a like component to it where they're shoving it down your throat and it's stupid and dumb and I hate it. I Same. hate it. And you can put your food however you want, wherever you want out. And now I know that I say that. And then when I plate food, I am very picky about it. But again, you do you, boo. That's the that's the lesson to take from this. I think the lesson in life is YOLO. Yeah, like, do... If you, I feel stupid saying it, but, like, I mean, do whatever makes you happy. It's cool. Yeah, like, I, I personally do like plating food and making it look nice and stuff. But if you don't like doing that, don't do that. If it's too much effort, if you don't want to put that time in, I get it. Don't do it. There are days where I don't want to do it. I used to do... I used to bake for people all the time. This is a quick side story. But Why? I used to... Just because I did... That, I thought that there was something tied into my self-worth. Of like, if I could go or show up to a place and have a baked good or something to take. And I still kind of try to, if I go to a dinner party or something, bring something. But... Uh, 
in this instance, I tried so hard to, and I would always put it in a basket and I would always line the basket with like a gingham piece of cloth. And I worked really hard to make sure that people felt like it was something that was special for them. And it was, but it was so much work. And it got to a point where people started to expect that. Like if I showed up to a party or something and I didn't have something, people would almost go like, oh, is it in the car? Do you need to go grab it? And that got so exhausting. It's so exhausting to keep up that level all the time. Where sometimes I just want to go and buy a hostess snack and hand it over to you. It's a lot of work. I just want a ho-ho. Yeah. So yeah. Do what makes you feel good about you. If that day you have the time and it is relaxing for you to do food board love, do food board love. Yeah. If it puts pressure on you in any way, don't do it. Don't. If you want to get takeout. (laughs) If you want to get takeout, do it. If you want to get takeout and put it on food board love, do it. I just, life is too short to be this stressed about dumb, dumb things. Like how your food is presented to you. I agree. I think on that note, I think we're, I think we're done. Yeah. Thank well, you guys. Thank you guys. I appreciate you sitting here through us, this with us. If you're still here, that is. Um, and we'll put another episode out when we feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try and get really a lot better about doing this. At least. I said I try to do that. Yeah. I said I'm not going to, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, yeah. but I will try to. Yes. I will try to try to do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to want to do it. I'll try to want to do it with some yeah. frequency. So, um. Thank you guys. Goop out! Goop out!